0: Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the Word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Good evening, everybody. So good to be in the house of the Lord with you and good to see everybody and get to worship the Lord tonight and um, and maybe we'll get a word from the Lord and unpack the scriptures together tonight and hopefully we'll gain something from him, a word from him. Um, Yeah, I suppose I was on schedule to teach Sunday, but thankfully it was Mother's Day and I thought I would got out of it and got to hear uh sister Britt do such a wonderful job. But uh Pastor uh informed me that he would he would rather me take tonight and, and do my Sunday school lesson so we thought we dodged a bullet but we didn't. But anyway, uh so I guess guys it's good to keep on preparing even when you think you're not gonna be up up to bat to go ahead and be practiced up but uh so but anyway, I, I, I'm thankful that, uh, that you know, he does allow us to, to share the word and he has confidence in us and, and everything to, tonight. He did um, say that there was a couple of special needs that we need to go to God in prayer. So if you would, let's stand. I know uh, Sister Martha was in the hospital and I couldn't get a hold of Brother Dodd today to get the update on her, but still in there and, and let's remember her Uh Having uh, afib having some heart heart issues and let's pray that the God of of our hearts would uh, touch her physically and spiritually tonight and also brother Shane um, Haynes he's um, back from Texas um, had a successful surgery and they removed um, I think half of his lower right lobe of his his lung a successful surgery and he sounded really good I talked to him today and and he is, um, he's on the men, and I told him that we'd continue to pray for him, and um, that, that God would finish the work that he started, and that and he did have, have a good surgery, and we're so thankful for that, and that he would have a speedy recovery. Does anybody else have any uh, spoken prayer requ- requests tonight in the house? Okay, we'll we'll remember her tonight. Um, Anybody else? If not, then we got yes, sir, brother. Okay, Ted, Ted, senior, tonight. Yes, ma'am. Okay, we'll remember him tonight. And any unspoken by uplifted hands, let's uh, remember those as well. God knows those needs. and for those that didn't particularly have a need that come to your mind, just lift up a praise and, and thank the Lord for what he's already done. Lord, we come to you tonight. We ask you to touch these needs that's been spoken and the ones that's unspoken, Lord. We thank you already for, Lord, for what you've already done, Lord, and we ask you to just touch this service, Lord. We ask a, a special touch for Sister Martha tonight to to just breathe a fresh breath of air in her, in her lungs tonight and and get, and touch her heart, Lord, and just let it begin to beat in rhythm with with your, with your, you and with your plan, God, and to just touch her, Lord, and give her a healing. Touch, touch Brother Shane Haynes tonight, Lord, in his lungs, God. Let them heal and recover, God. And, Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do, Lord, for him and for this service and for everybody. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Um, I don't... Plan on reading a bunch of scriptures tonight. Um, so, but my scripture text will be found in in Judges chapter 6. Um, and I'll probably start with verse 14 and go through 16. But we'll be focusing on Judges, the whole book of Judges chapter 6 tonight in our lesson. And I hope to unpack the story of Gideon and talk about the strength of. Of honesty, the strength of honesty. But to kind of uh, to to kind of lay the little bit of groundwork of this this um, story in Judges chapter six, verse number fourteen. And the Lord looked upon him and said, "Go in thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of Midian Midianites. Have not I sent thee?" And he said unto him, O my Lord, sounds like Southern, O my Lord, he's ever said that, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is, a, is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. So... This was the Lord, or, or the angel of the Lord, calling Gideon and, and, and giving him a commission. But Gideon didn't see what the Lord saw. And how many's ever been there before? The Lord would have give you a word. But you, wait a minute, Lord, I don't, I don't think you really meant that. And we're going to talk about that to, tonight. We're going to talk about there's a strength in honesty. When all the guys got together for some friendly competition, most looked forward to the games with great excitement. They could hardly wait to match their athletic skills with the boys from the nearest village. Sometimes the games got rowdy and tempers flared. A fight ensued. Those who weren't in the fray gathered around them, edging on their favored ones in the scuffle. It was all fun and games until someone became too aggressive and punched to hurt. Then the others grabbed a rock or a weapon or e- to even up the score. That's when the fun and games got serious. The rivalries between villages, especially those outside their group, were important for establishing a pecking order. Even without an award or trophy, they all knew who was the toughest, the strongest, who demanded the most respect. The right of the competition is not much different from the way other species in the animal kingdom assert dominance and identify the most powerful. This contest was a matter of reputation. While some groups carried the banner of having the toughest fighters and the greatest lineage of champions, other groups were known as the perpetual underdogs. How many has ever kind of found themselves there before as the underdog? Losers the boys jeered whenever the underdog showed up what a bunch of wimps they mocked who said words don't hurt whether in jest with sarcasm or outright intention to be demeaning words can cut to the quick and leave lasting scars the bullying never stopped really nothing it's really nothing new humanity has always seen those who vie for control sometimes bully and intimidate others who can never measure up to the strength or agility. Some will never feel the satisfaction of success because they always have been less than the best. They will always be the voices that have heard, confirming that they were never good enough. One particular community had that reputation of losers for sure. Gideon grew up in it. He was a young man whose peers had labeled him weak since he was a kid. After all, he was from the clan with the reputation for being the weakest, Manasseh, in which it was even a half tribe of Manasseh in the Bible. It wasn't even a full tribe. It was just just they only had a half what everybody else did. And he considered himself to be the least capable in his family. If it wasn't for lack of trying, he carried carried more than his fair share of work and did his best to help with the harvest. Gideon gathered wheat for threshing and prepared for the crops for a hostile winter. Gideon was actually as strong as most, but he was called weak for so long that the label stuck. Growing up with constant thoughts of being a loser, a person's confidence and self-image, or can can affect a person's confidence and self-image. But if we if we kind of start looking at this this scripture about Gideon and the the pecking order of those of those last or those old old time ways back in the Bible, and, and those tribal nations and things like that, it's kind of a little little different than today. But in, in somewhat, it, it can kind of be the same. Um, how many is there, how many, uh, what order was you picked in in, in school, um, in the gym class? Was, how many has ever been, how many was always picked first? What order was, was you picked in? First, middle, last? I remember I was I a was little short guy. I was a runt in the in which I'm not much taller now, but I am wider. But I, was, well, I wasn't i was the first pick. I was always probably the last pick because our kind of a, a sport of choice back then was basketball, and um, you really don't want a short guy on the basketball team. You want to get those tall guys and get up by the goal and get those rebounds. How many say amen to that? How many, how many can, kind of recognize that? So I, I kind of feel... the. How Gideon kind of felt the least, you know. And, you know, and, and they talk a lot about bullying nowadays, which I think they go overboard sometimes with some of it. But I lived in the real day of bullying. There was a whole, whole lot of bullying going on back in the day. But a constant threat and a constant bullying can make you take on a label and make you feel less than, than what you are. And it, and it can make you miss out on things in life. You'd be scared to try. But um, you see, um, you know, there, back in Gideon's day, there, there was a pecking order, and they, they had established. And, you know, I, I was sitting on the back porch kind of preparing the other day and reading over this lesson, and, and I saw this lonely dove sitting out on the high line out back. And in a minute, there flew up, another dove. And it wasn't long and they just they kind of sat separated for a minute. Well then, I don't know if which one was male or which one was female, but probably the one showing out was probably the male. He kind of fluffing his feathers and doing this. Well then he kind of started edged, edged over by the, by the other dove and it was just a few minutes later, here come another dove. Well then one, the one that was kind of showing out, he chased that other one off. And it kind of went on, and I realized, hey, that you know, even nature has a kind of a pecking order uh, that that we're talking about, to where it, it they kind of show their strength and show their best self, and you know, to try to you know come out ahead on things. But but you see, um, you know, God don't always call. And I'm thankful that God don't always call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Like in this story with Gideon, if we, if we kind of back it up and we look at what was going on around the time that, that, um, that in Scripture that was happening, it was right after, if you read in, in Judges chapter 5, it talks about, and I think Brother Jones may have touched on this when he talked about victory. Um, one of, one of our lessons, one of them talked about, about uh, Deborah and about the victory that the Lord fought through her. And, uh, and, but it goes on to say at the end of chapter 5, it talks about there was 40 years of peace, that they won a big victory and there was 40 years of peace. But beginning ch- chapter 6, it goes that, that um, and I'll read it, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. So they come off of 40 years of peace, 40 years of everything going good. But then all of a sudden, and you know, it seems like that happens sometimes. When everything's going good in our lives, we forget about the ways of God. We forget about what the victories that God has, and, and we slip, and we displease the Lord. And God was displeased, and he, he began to punish them. And that's where we find ourselves. Is in, it talks about the Midianites, that they, they would come in, and, and, and Manasseh and Gideon's family would grow crops. Well, the Midianites would come in, and, and the Bible says that there were so many of them, they looked like grasshoppers. And they would just take over their crops and just destroy them, and it was and, and just bullying Gideon and his family around. But we find that, that Gideon had a desire to, to take care of himself. And we find him in the scriptures that, um, that he was hiding behind a wine press threshing wheat. And, you know, sometimes in, in life things aren't going good and, the, and you're not getting any victories but we find him at least he was struggling to survive and he was doing what he could uh to, to um to feed himself and feed his family and to get some nourishment so you know he was feeling real beat down at the time why does why does it seem that when when God's that we see God's hand of judgment and we recognize that more than we recognize the abundance of his blessings. We can see, you know, the trouble we're in or we can see the bad situation, but we don't necessarily see. In other words, when the angel came to Gideon and said, hey, you're going to be a mighty warrior, you're going to save Israel. He didn't believe him. He said, not me. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the, I don't come from a good family. I. I we're poor. And not only are we poor from a poor um, tribe, I'm the least in my family. I'm the least one. So, you know, and all he could see was that that we don't we don't always see the, the good the that God is good to us. We see that God is good. How many's heard? how many have heard it said god is good what's that all the time and and i hear that a lot god is good all the time well and that's true we can believe that we can believe god is good all the time but do we ever believe god is good to us you know i got to think about this and i I probably said this a few times cuz it's one thing because when i read david we all know david's story that how he was just a shepherd boy and the God was good. But he he got this attitude, this spirit of David, as we call it, that God was not only good, he was good to him. Because he he penned it in in the Psalms. Find it all over. Psalms Psalms 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good. But he doesn't stop there. He said his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. So I think what David was saying is not only is God good, but God is good to us. But Gideon didn't quite have that figured out yet. He knew God was good and God could, but he didn't believe he was good to him. If we look at and David didn't just say that one time, he said it several times in, in Psalms 106 and 1, 107 and 1, 118 and 1, 118 and 29, 136 and 1 and 136 and three. Every one of those scriptures go, "Oh, give thanks unto the Lord." For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. In other words, he's merciful to us. Not only is he good, but his mercy, he's good to us. And that's one thing that I want to kind of unpack tonight, is that when situations don't look too good, we know God is always good. He's good all the time. But if we can just get a grasp tonight on God is not only good, he's merciful. He's good to us. That if we can thank and bless His holy name, we know He can take care of the situation out there. But if we know that He'll do it for us, I want to encourage somebody tonight. You might be looking around at your family. You might be looking around at your situation, and you're saying, "I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. From i I'm from the wrong side of town. My history is not good." But if you can just get a hold to what the Lord is saying tonight, what the, you know, what the Lord has for us that that. That he's willing to, if, if if he says it, if he's calling us, if he's calling you to do something, he's going to qualify you. You don't have to already be qualified, if you can just. But you know, we can be like Gideon and kind of be honest with ourselves. Yeah, maybe we. Hey, I I didn't come from a rich family. I come from a poor family from Louisiana, and you know, look at that. And but. God is still good to me. God still gives me promises. And God still, you know, He gave me salvation. He, he allowed me to receive the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. It's something I couldn't deserve it. I couldn't earn it. I couldn't be worthy enough for it. But He gave me a gift undeservingly. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But yeah, God called Gideon while he was hiding from his enemy. His main enemy was the Midianites from outside. Those that come in and just take away the blessings of the Lord. <coughs> like I said before, they had lived in the blessings of the Lord in peace with their enemies for like 40 years. And then all of a sudden they went through seven years. And it was based on God was punishing them. God was allowing those things because they wasn't, their, their worship wasn't right. Because they forgot about God's provision. They forgot about God's mercy. And God was punishing them. And allowed the enemy to come in and take things that belonged to them. and the things that should have been nourishing them. They would grow a crop. And the Midianites would come in and get it. But I, as I read this scripture, I found out there was also another in, enemy from within. And it was Gideon's own family. Because if you read in there that it says that um they were work- that that his family had a false worship they worshiped like the amalekites so they had picked up the bad habits they forgot about how got the very god that delivered them the very god that was giving them peace and they started worshiping like the people that they had defeated and how often sometimes do we do that god to do something for us And we'll turn our back on the very one that delivered us from something and go and start worshiping like the the very very ones that's trying to take from you. And excuse me. But um, so he had an outward enemy that was taking from him but he also had his own very own family had a false sense of worship. That was an inward enemy. And sometimes we do the same thing. We have an a devil out there that wants to steal kill and destroy and to take everything out of your life but sometimes there's also some inward enemies in our lives and even in our families and things that that we don't quite have our worship right and if we find ourselves where things just kind of the blessings of the Lord keep disappearing check how we're worshiping check who we're worshiping check, check if and see if we have a an inward enemy in there that you know the Bible talked about the, uh, Jesus talked about the parable of the sowers talked about the heart is that seed falling on good ground you know the enemy you know come through and, and might sow tears in our life but also is our heart susceptible is it good ground in there is there an inward enemy that's keeping us from receiving the blessings of the Lord <coughs> but um But we, we, we find that it, at least Gideon had a desire not to starve to death and to provide for himself. He he realized that in and of himself, he couldn't defeat that enemy, but he was doing everything he could to survive. We find him secretly sacrificing. He was out there behind a wine press and, and he did that to throw the, the the enemy off, so they wouldn't know that he. And sometimes in our lives, we we have a secret sacrifices or secret worships, when when nobody else knows what's going on in our life and what the devil's doing to us, and 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 things like that. The Lord sees it. See, the angel of the Lord, I think, seen this about Gideon, and even though Gideon couldn't see it himself, that that. God could use him no matter where he was from no matter who he was no matter his status in life that there was a quality about him that even though it was hard he was still doing his best he was still secretly uh, out there threshing some wheat and that will become more important as I unpack this in a minute you'll understand that sometimes, you know, it's what we do in our times of struggle that the Lord sees. Even though we, hey, I can't do it on my own. I can't make it on my own. God, but God sees that. But when, when God speaks to us and says, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a mighty warrior out of you. Let, don't get too caught up in looking down on yourself. I know the labels of this world. In our past, Gideon's past may have haunted him. His, he didn't have the right family. He didn't have the right finances. He didn't have all the things, the right things. But God saw something in him, said, I can use that. And not only deliver him, but I'm going to deliver Israel. In other words, when we get a personal victory, it don't stop there. Especially when the, when the Lord says, hey, I'm going to use you to deliver this nation then your personal victory can help the church, can help this, this city, this town, this state, this nation, even the Philippines, other nations and stuff like that, that God can use you and look beyond our own selves. But you see, Get you know, get in secret sacrifices. God God saw when nobody else did. Sometimes you have to improvise. Just use what you have. You know, he didn't want to be out there and open. Probably didn't have the best threshing equipment, but he got behind a wine press and used a wine press. You may not have it all together. You may not have everything you need to take care of you. But just use what you got, and the Lord will will help you. <clears throat> but you see, Gideon expressed his, his own doubts. He honestly expressed. He was honest with God, and that's kind of what this lesson title is and what this lesson is about tonight, Gideon and the strength of honesty. He may not be strong, but he was honest. And, and Brother Ricky said something tonight about being brutally honest. I talked to him before church, and he said, you know talking about being brutally honest i said i told him well as long you know you know it's, it's good to be nice though and honest but especially when you're talking about somebody else but another thing it, 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 as long as you're honest with yourself too and it's okay to be brutally honest but sometimes we need to be brutally honest with ourselves but um because because there is a strength in honesty and realizing that hey, we can't do it on our own. You know, what what if Gideon would have got all puffed up and you know, oh okay, I'm gonna deliver Israel. He just jumped up and took off right then. Well, he didn't he didn't have an army. He didn't have what he needed, and it, it could have been bad for him. But he was honest, and he had to con- continually confirm his call with the Lord. Excuse me. <clears throat> this must Gideon must have thought this must have been some mistake. Gideon knew he couldn't be the one to deliver Israel and defeat Midian. He protested, Oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. His self-assessment was quite different than God's confident calling. All his life he had seen himself as an inferior in strength and and deficient in courage. However, God called him a a mighty warrior. You see, God can look beyond our faults and see our needs. Look beyond what we think we are and, and rename us and give us a new name. He... You know, we look at ourselves as one way, but God gives us a new name. God called him a warrior, and the Lord promised total victory because God Himself promised, "I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man." See, that's a, that's a promise. There is that not not only are you gonna do it, but God said. I'm going to be with you. In other words, I'm going to be your strength. It's okay to, for us to be honest and say, hey, we don't have the strength, but don't limit God's strength. If he said, it, he, if he said you can do something, then that means he's going to be with you because if it's his will, it's his deal. And if God gives us a word, then God's going to confirm it. God's going to take care of it and God's going to do it. And it's okay to be honest with ourselves. And be honest with the Lord. Um, God didn't smite him down right there for for questioning himself and saying, Hey, Lord, uh, wait a minute here. I, I don't think, you know. I mean, has ever the Lord ever spoke anything to you and you're like, I'm not really sure that's the Lord. <coughs> uh, let sister so-and-so come to me and and tell me something. Or let, let brother so-and-so uh Jump up and clap his hand or something like that. How I many's ever done anything like that? Amen. Questioning the Lord. See, Gideon did that too. We read in here that he put a fleece before the Lord. That he he fleeced the Lord. He he took a, a wool blanket and he carried it and he set it out at night and he said, Lord, if it's really you and if I'm really gonna win this battle, let there be dew all over the ground, or let there be dew all over uh yeah, all over the ground, and not on a blanket, which, you know, that probably wasn't too big of an ask, because he got up the next morning, there was dew all over, around, and the blanket was dry, and the, the other day it rained, I had my trailer parked out over the grass, and, and it kind of kind of reminded me of this story, and, and I moved it on the on the drive, driveway because I didn't want it to kill my grass, and it was totally dry under it, but it was wet all around it. So I was thinking, hmm, maybe his first fleece wasn't that hard, you know. So Gideon kind of got to think about that. Said, well, okay, I'm not really sure if it wasn't just coincidence, Lord, that, that, you know, the dude just happened to fall on it. So he prayed, hey, do it the other way, Lord. And, of course, the Lord did. The next night or the next morning he got up, and there was the... The the ground was dry, and the blanket was soaking wet with dew. So he knew right then that he had a confirmation from the Lord. So, and the Lord didn't get offended with, with him being sure. And the Lord don't get offended at us when when he says something to us. If we spiritually check him, it's like, Lord, are you sure? And I know I've heard it said that the devil's not going to ever tell you to do anything good for somebody else. So... The Lord tells you to do, do something good. It's not the devil. To help somebody else, it's not going to be the devil. But it doesn't hurt for us to, to be honest with the Lord. Look beyond our ability and say, Lord, are you sure? Rather than to, to jump out here. Because, it you know, the Lord doesn't, doesn't get offended. He will answer and he will let us know. Because if he's calling us to do something, he will, he will make it sure. He will let us know. I was, my uh, cousin and and her husband came in from Louisiana, and I was went and met them at my cousin Josh's house on um, on uh, Saturday, and they were they were up Viston and, and Rain uh, was his his name, Rain Muse is his name, and he was telling me a story. It kind of fits in with this how the Lord asked you to do something, and you kind of second guess it or you kind of question it. He was. He, they're from Louisiana, and he said that he had went into this uh, Cajun restaurant, and they were there in the restaurant. And there was this big burly guy sitting there by himself, eating on him some crawfish, and he was just destroying those crawfish. And Rain and Amber went in there, and, and he, they were enjoying their crawfish. And he said he, he felt the Lord speak to him, go over and pray with that man. And Rain's like, I looked at that guy, and he was this big, Big old heavy set guy, big guy, looked like he's enjoying himself. He said, "I don't want to, I don't want to disturb his meal. I don't know about this." And he shook it off, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, I don't know if I need to disturb that guy's meal. I, it's probably just me, you know." Well, he went on. They finished up eating, and, and said, the "Lord, kind of kept." He said he he plumb lost his appetite to eat. He was there enjoying that crawfish he had been waiting. To eat that for a long time and he said he just lost his appetite. He said they went and went to the car and was fixing to leave and, and he just sitting there. Didn't didn't crank the car up, pull out of the drive. And and uh, Amber looked at him and said, You know, what what's wrong? He says, He said, I just can't shake his feeling. He said, Lord, I think the Lord told me to go play pray with that guy sitting over there. So he's he said, Um, he got he got up. And uh, and he said, I, I don't know. He said, I guess it's the Lord. <laughs> he said. So he we went back in, and he the guy was still sitting there eating. He told him. He said, um, He said, you gonna think I'm crazy. And I'm probably ad lib a l- little bit to the conversation here, but he said, you you gonna think I'm crazy? But the Lord, the Lord told me to tell you that uh, to pray for you and that everything it's going to be all right. Whatever you're going through, it's going to be all right. He said, and that big guy looked looked up at him, broke into tears, and told him that he had just gotten, just been to the doctor, and just been told that they, that he had some condition, and they was, may have to amputate his leg, and that he could lose his leg, and that and and he just, they let him pray for him right there. He said he just began to pray for this big old guy right there in the restaurant, and they just had a move of the Holy Ghost right there in the restaurant, and they felt the touch of the Lord right there. And so he said, but to look at the guy, you never knew that was going on in his life. But, and he second-guessed the Lord, and I, I and that's, that's what I'm getting at. Is sometimes the Lord will, will speak something to us, and, and we second-guess him, and, and we had to fleece him, Lord. are You sure? And the Lord, He did. He didn't leave rain alone. He, you know, He let Him know, Hey, you need to go back in there. So, but if we can be obedient to the Lord and the Lord speaks and it's truly Him speaking, it's for a reason. And you may not know the reason. And and sometimes we got to get over ourselves. and We got to be honest with God and say, Hey, I, by myself, I can't do this, but. Hey, if it's really you, let me know. And the Lord will. He'll let us know. If we'll be honest to you, He'll give you the strength to do what He's calling you to do. We can't do it on our own. And, and, and a lot of times we get too high and mighty for God to even use. We get, we get uh, dependent on our own strength. And I, I think about when David numbered. He went out and counted. King David counted all the men. And the Lord punished him and, and gave him a choice on his punishment. But there was some death of his soldiers. The Lord took away some of that strength. But then I, I was reading later on, in, in, and if y'all are doing the like the, the daily Bible reading stuff, you probably already read through this this year. But later on, it, sh- it shows David counting all the men. And God told him to count them all. I'm like, well, wait a minute. He got in trouble for counting them, but I think it was the attitude of which he counted. I think it was his attitude. He's like, I want to see what I want to see what kind of strength I have, my army. I want to I want to do a count of my army and see see how good we are all by ourselves. And that brought the punishment of the Lord. And and sometimes I think in our life, if if we get so dependent on our own strength, it can bring it can bring the punishment of the Lord. But if we can, when we know we're not strong enough, we can rely, be honest with God and rely on His strength. And and he'll He'll do, He'll equip us. He'll make us strong enough to do what we're not capable of doing. What we're not worthy of even doing. You know, Gideon wasn't a warrior. <laughs> he was just, threshing some, some wheat. But, um, but you see, and God continually confirmed to Gideon his call. With every objection, God reaffirmed his will that Gideon was the person to lead the nation to victory. The answer to every petition and prayer was already on the way. It became quite clear what God desired Gideon to do. God clearly communicated his call to his man. He patiently waited for Gideon to process this new information and make the mental adjustments necessary to answer the call. God is patient with us. And God will equip us and God will give us strength. But what is when God promises us victory for something that we have prayed for? How shall we respond? What, what should we do when God does promise, give us a promise? Well, we can look at what Gideon did after he finally fleeced the Lord and he was satisfied that, hey, this is of God. And yes, it is a word from the Lord. He told the angel, just wait here, and I'm going to go back and prepare a gift or a sacrifice and it says that Gideon went back to his tent, and he got two things from, um, it says he got a a bullock or a lamb, and and he prepared that, but it also said that he got flour and made some cakes. You remember earlier when I was reading, I said something about that you'll understand in a little while about him threshing. You see, he went and got flour and made some cakes. You know, if Gideon wouldn't have been back there secretly sacrificing and threshing wheat, he wouldn't have had flour for a sacrifice. So what we're out here doing on our own, when the Lord gets involved in it, it can become it become our worship. It can become our thanksgiving. And so he had a blessing. He had he had um, a sacrifice that he could make to the Lord because he had sacrificed before. And he had it's, he didn't just have just a little bit. The Bible said he had an ephah of flour. He, he drew it from an ephah of flour. And I looked up what ephah was. and ephah was approximately 36 pounds of flour. So he was preparing for wintertime, but he had enough to bless the Lord with it. And when when we get a word from the Lord, we can reach back and draw back from the from our other sacrifices, and we can sacrifice, bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, into the, into the Lord that's going to give us the victory. That's one way that we can answer and respond to the call of God and answer to God's uh, promises. And, and we can give what we have. God's not expecting us to do something that we don't have or we're not capable of. He'll give us strength to do those to do those things. But if we just take what we have, God will bless it, and we'll give it to the Lord. But I'm talking about being honest with the Lord. It'll bring us strength and using what you got for the service of the Lord. Then we find that that um, Gideon. Sacrifice another sacrifice after the encounter with the angel. And the angel said Gideon came and he, he prepared that flour, those cakes of flour and that uh, meat sacrifice. And he put it on a rock and the angel, um, the angel uh, disappeared and the, consumed the sacrifice that Gideon did. But we find that Gideon went home that night. And the Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he sacrificed his daddy's cow and tore down the false altar of, that they had been worshiping false gods on and broke down the, uh, all of the, that altar and built a new altar. And in the morning when they got up, they said, well, who, who did this? And they, they said it, it was Gideon that done it. And it, it made the people around mad. And they come and they was going to kill Gideon. And they went to his daddy and, and told him, said, um, and his daddy, that was his daddy's bullock, his daddy's altar that they had falsely been worshiping God on. And um, his daddy said, well, let, let Baal plead. And that's why Gideon's got another name. It's called Jerubbabel, which means let Baal plead. So, and it says that Gideon's dad called Gideon Jerubbabel. So, he got a new name out of the deal. He he began to be known as Jerubbabel. And because... Um and I, I wonder if his daddy was kind of mad at him. He was like, Okay, but, well, let Baal kill him. Maybe his daddy still thought Baal had some power. Maybe his daddy is like, you know, you did this evil thing, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let old the evil God deal with you. But but eventually the tables turned and Baal didn't have no power. Those false gods didn't have no power. So I think that 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 second sacrifice at Gideon Would broke down the curse, the family curse. I think that he sacrificed those things that had been holding him back. He, he tore it down and he straightened out the worship in their family. I think that was all part of, of Gideon having the strength to move on in, in his calling of what God had. As he used what he... What he had before, but not only that, he he broke some family curses. He he tore down some false ideas, some false worship. It even gave him a, a, na- a name he was known for. That, and and, and it, it was probably it started. I don't think it started out as as a as a good name. I think they were, you know, a bad nickname. How many's ever had a bad nickname out in the world? So we find him getting a nickname, even from his own daddy. But we find him in scriptures after that. Let Baal plead. That's old let Baal plead right there. Let Baal take care of himself. But it started, I think it started out from anger of his, his dad. Well, you know, let, let let old Baal plead for himself. You know, I, you ain't even worth killing. Just let, let old Baal take care of you. But then... I think later on it became a good name. Let Baal plead. He ain't got the power. Baal can't do it. God can. The God of Gideon can, can, can save us. Baal can't even take care of his own business. But um, But that's some, that's some ways that, that Gideon, he, he responded to God's calling. And that's some ways that we can respond to God's calling. We can... Sacrifice of praise to the Lord. We can tear down some strongholds of the enemy in our life for the Lord. We can sacrifice some things of, of God. <clears throat> we can fight through the doubt and trust God. And we we find later on that that as as God as Gideon was mounting up and and, and um, going to. It says that he um, grabbed a trumpet and began to to play it and sounded a trumpet. The Spirit of the Lord came on him. To me, I believe that was some praise. He had a praise service after that, and he began to blow the trumpet. I believe that when God's promises start coming true in our lives, that adds to our worship. That adds to our praise. That makes our praise services. The anointing of the Lord just begins to flow in the house. And we receive a word and we begin to praise and, and, and that lets others know that God, that there's going to be victory in the land, that there's going to be victory in the house. But, but God gave us a promise. and. If we can look beyond our faults, I'm thankful that God looked beyond my faults and saw my needs. He looked beyond my faults and saw my future, and 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 my inadequacies, and you know, and, and feeling a failure and feeling a nobody and feeling those things, and but God can use that. God can take, look beyond all that, and He can. He can. Give us victory. And not just us personally, but we can help other people. God can give the the church victory. But how can honesty bring about stronger faith in God? And uh, the word faith to me is forsaking all I trust Him. Forsaking that, hey... We might have messed up, or we might not be the person that we think we ought to be. But if I can forsake that and just trust God's word, trust God's promise, that he'll give us the strength to 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 do what, what uh, he has called us to do. <clears throat> amen, amen. I kind of got sidetracked off of some of my notes here but but uh, I think where I was wanting to go with that is 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 Gideon after the promise after the calling he had a battle to fight and so he began to to it says he, he sent messengers out to gather up an army and and other people began to see the excitement in Gideon and they begin to come. And matter of fact, there was thirty-two thousand soldiers that came along Gideon's side. But um, and when we start getting the victory in our life, others will start seeing in our in our life, and they'll come alongside us for the victory. But we we see that the Lord said, "Hey." You got too many people. <laughs> well, wait a minute, Lord. I'm not strong enough by myself, and you're going to give me the victory. But I think we need all these. That's the other, other test of our faith, is that, okay, not to rely on what seems to be the obvious victory. And I think it was for God didn't want the Israelites to take credit for what he was about to do with Gideon. So he said, huh, there's too many of them. So he, he led him down to the, to the brook. And, and he, well, first off, he told Gideon to tell anybody that's this fearful, they can go home. And, and I just kind of had, it, the thought hit me is like, well, it's a wonder Gideon didn't just turn around and go home. Because when this all started, the fearful one was Gideon. You know, if it had been me, I, it, and he said, okay, the fearful one go home. I could just see Gideon. We'll see you, Lord. <laughs> but no, something about when God answered that fleece, it gave him the courage. That, And when he was honest with God, I believe it gave him the strength to say, hey. I believe it, it gave him a, a courage that he was no longer fearful. He used to be that guy. He began to see that strength that God saw in him through those tests of faith. Through those honest questions with the Lord, he began to see what God saw in him, and that's what I pray for each one of us and even myself is that that as as I work this thing out and I begin to see God answer those prayers and answer those fleeces and and, and I begin to be honest with the Lord that my eyes would open up just just like the 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 prophet the one of the prophets and they were surrounded by the enemy and, and uh and and he, he he looked at the young, uh, his young apprentice that was with him and told him to uh, let the scales, he prayed, Lord, let the scales fall from his eyes. And he looked into the hills and it was surrounded by a, a heavenly host around that was on their side. So and that's kind of my prayer, prayer tonight is that, that as we work this thing out, the Lord let, the, let us begin to see through his eyes. Let us just see his promises to begin to be fulfilled and to give us that courage to go on about the battle. But yeah, I, I could just have seen Gideon, his former self. And sometimes when you're, when you're serving God, you'll look around and you won't even recognize yourself. You could look back and you say, hey, a few months back, if I'd have been faced with this, I would have just ran. I would have been the fearful one. I would have just took off. But I believe that he had, and that give him the faith, when the Lord began to trim down the army, he trusted the Lord. He said, okay, God, I don't understand you, but you said it. I trust you. I know you've already answered me, and sometimes we got to hold on to that word and that promise. When God's confirmed a word to us, if if we can take courage in the fact that he's already confirmed that. He's already said it. We don't know how it's going to happen. I'm sure he had to scratch his head. Lord, I've got 32,000. We can take care of this quickly. I've been putting up with this enemy for seven years. They've been taking from me the things that you've been blessing me with. And what? You you, you want to take away from our... But no, Gideon didn't question him. He had the faith and he trusted him. But then it, then he went on down to the brook. I think it was 10,000 that left him, was scared. 10,000 of the 32 took off and went home. But it says that there was a test of faith that told them how they drank the water. It said the ones that that go down and put put it in their hand and lap it up like a dog, keep them, but the ones that bend down and drink, bow down and drink, send them home. So God's kind of looking at, you know, their awareness. I think their vigilance, you know, and so the Lord don't want, I think the Lord was making it so that Gideon would see that that the Lord don't need the fearful. He wanted to call the fearful ones and he wanted to call call the ones that were, were not vigilant. And I think of in, in 2 Peter 5 and 8 I believe it says Be sober, be vigilant Because your adversary the devil Walketh about as a roaring lion Seeking whom he may devour So we, we need to have that awareness about, about us When we are a soldier in God's army We may not have the strength in of ourselves But we need to be sober We need to be vigilant <clears throat> But the Lord give him the victory and it wound up he only had 300 people. Just weak little old Gideon and 300 men defeated a Midianite army that was like grasshoppers. There were so many of them. And the Lord gave him his promise. And if you want to know the the rest of the story, just go home and dig in Judges chapter 6 and you'll find out the totality of, of the victory and kind of more details on how that happened but <clears throat> but there is strength in honesty tonight we, when your strength is gone I think of the, the, the song that says his strength is perfect when our strength is gone he'll carry us when we can't carry on um, how many's ever been there before when you didn't have the strength but if you were honest with yourself and you let God's mercy just shine on you then he'd give you the strength to, to carry us on and to carry us through and, and to fulfill those promises. <clears throat> and going kind of old school as I was preparing for this an old song and I wouldn't expect any of y'all to know this uh, Sister Andrea might and Brother Chris might but how many's ever heard of the and Brother Josh might know this one. Uh how many ever heard of the group Davis Pedigo? Old uh used to be a Pentecostal group. Um there was a song they had that says I won't turn back. And as I was thinking about this this story here, that song began to resonate. And I wish I wished um had somebody here that could play this song and we that you could hear it how it's supposed to be done but I'll, I'll read you the lyrics to it and I'm not sure who, who wrote it um, I think the, the internet says Karen Wheaton wrote it but I'm not sure if her or Davis Pedigo wrote it because I know they both sang it but um, and here it, it goes it's a struggle for survival we daily meet the foe out there on the battlefield sometimes we stand alone that's when I reach for my holy armor And I pick up my shield of faith. And I march onto the battlefield and take out my sword and say, Oh, the mountain is high, but it's not too steep. The battle is rough, but I'm not too weak. And I won't turn back. No, I won't turn back. Oh, the road is hard, but it's not too long. The enemy's near, but he's not too strong. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. And though the enemy bring war against my soul, and though a host of evil battles for control, I will not fear. For my Lord, he is near, and his angels are encamped round about me. I won't turn back. And I, and I want to encourage us this week to look beyond our own selves and get, get it in our spirit when the Lord gives us a promise not to turn back and just realize that when God is with us, that he will help. He will fulfill those things that He's promised us to. Just be honest with yourself. Be, be honest with Him, and bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Amen. If you would, I guess we can all stand. I don't know if they're close to being done in the back, but I want to just um, give us an opportunity to to. Think about it and pray and just to listen for the Lord. He might be speaking to you, he might be telling you to to do something, or he he might be giving you a promise tonight. But just don't put too much doubt and stock in your inabilities. Just trust in him. So I'm gonna go to go to God in prayer tonight and end this service and in, And afterward, he's bringing the offering baskets, if you would, and you can bring a sacrifice of praise to the Lord.